0: This Hope Podcast brought to you by station sponsor Maths Online. Maths is a skill any child can master. Visit mathsonline.com.au And the Oscar goes to...
1: And the Oscar goes to... Please be kind, especially when we don't know what's going on. So uh, yeah. Movies are
0: dreams that you never forget. Well, welcome to The Watch List. My name is Russ Matthews from Real Dialogue.
1: And I'm Laura from Hope 32 How are you?
0: Good. Are you ready to accept this mission? You know, take us on to this new level of yes. kind of going to accept it, you know, just I've it. taken
1: the mission. This podcast will not self-destruct.
0: It will not just self-destruct at least for the next half hour or so. So we're looking forward to it. As you can probably tell, we're getting ready for a mission in Mission Impossible, De- um, Dead Reckoning, part one is what we're looking at here today, Um, as well as we're going to be looking at a couple of Australian films, which we saw, got to see during the Sydney Film Festival, so we're yeah. looking forward to kind of kind of going from one end to the other. In that. But we've got to get started right in on Mission Impossible. Are you a big fan of Mission Impossible, the whole franchise?
1: I like this franchise. Funnily, though, after watching Dead Reckoning, I went back to watch the first one because I thought, <laughs> yes, I will follow the prompts on my streaming platform and how <laughs> they want you to suddenly feel like you should immerse yourself in Mission Impossible, but right. I couldn't... It was weird. I couldn't get into the first one. Like, I remember it being so good. And of course, it's like, so many years old, 1996. In 1996. So you can't expect it to be exactly like the new ones, but I have always liked this franchise. And I think in more recent years with the last few, it's so built around the icon of Tom Cruise and his ability to do stunts in real life and what extremes will he take it to. So it's not just about the movies, but it's about the entire phenomena that surrounds these movies.
0: Well, anyway, it's honestly one of those rare franchises for me that I think has actually improved as the years have gone on. It's Mm. actually gotten better with age. It'll be interesting to see kind of what you think of Dead Reckoning. Um, but yet I found that once he kind of got Chris McQuarrie, who's the director of this one, on board, and he's been, re- been there for the past 16 years or something like that with Tom, mm. almost on all of his movies, and they just have really just ramped it up. But this one is a new one, and it's, it's a two-parter, so you want to tell us a little bit about what is Dead Reckoning?
1: Yeah so the story takes us back to Ethan Hunt who of course is played by Tom Cruise and his IMF team and this time around they've got to deal with this sort of unknown entity actually called The Entity entity. that is is this sort of the bad guy of this movie that without spoiling anything it is a AI technology that has in some respects stepped outside of the bounds of what its human uh, creators really intended and so Ethan and the team start to realize, is this a sort of bad guy they can control? How do they navigate it? And the way that it starts to infiltrate the communication systems, what is it that's determining their mission? Is it actually a person or is it this artificial intelligence? Mm, And if it's this artificial intelligence, what is that going to ultimately mean? If it's something that can predetermine the outcome of a situation and essentially get them to be in certain places at certain times. Right. They lose their sense of agency. So this time around, I honestly feel like it was kind of like Tom Cruise's response to all of the deep fakes that yeah. he's been subject to, like the place of technology, algorithms, artificial intelligence in what we understand reality to be. Yeah,
0: that's right. Well, I think I think one of the things that they did that was brilliant is that they didn't really, kind of like top, top Gun, they did the same thing. We didn't know who the enemy really was. And so this one, they kind of set it up. But all of a for AI, did it take away... From that, I mean not not to have like a said enemy. I mean, Mm. but they were still able to kind of lean into it because they have the Gabriel character that kind of they kind of lean into, don't they? Yeah, the nemesis.
1: Yeah. But it was it feels like it modernizes the enemy because there's of course still physical enemies that exist, but I feel like it's a much more modern story to see technology as something that can be an enemy that actually has a level of control and power. And there's a weird intersection between a human's influence on that and the technology's own. Power, yeah, which is kind of the conversation this movie is trying to have, I think.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think it really, it really cuts on our own fears right now of kind of thinking of how how technology is kind of fed into all of it. But getting back to the movie, mm-hmm. we can talk about society and all that cool <laughs> stuff. But really looking at this film, I mean, is it? One of the better ones? I mean, did you enjoy Fallout and Rogue Nation and all of those here recently? How did this one kind of fall within that?
1: Yeah, I think it's hard to ultimately rank Dead Reckoning until we've seen the next part. And right. whether it's going to be two parts or three parts, like Tom Cruise was here in Sydney for the premiere and he wouldn't, he didn't quite say yes or no as to whether or not there'll be more mm. after these ones. So yeah. is the end of the mission in possible franchise in sight, don't know. But you can't really rank this film overall until I feel like you see the entire chapter because it did feel unfinished in some respects. But I really liked Ghost Protocol. I really Uh, liked Fallout. Those ones are probably some of my favourites. It, but then, like, the original ones, like the first, second, third, this just doesn't even compare. Like, I feel like there's a couple of different chapters, sagas, if you like, within yeah. the overall Mission Impossible franchise, and this one certainly is more comparable to the newer ones than some of the earlier ones.
0: Oh, yeah. I do. Ghost Protocol is still, hands down, probably my favorite. I mean, Brad Bird did a great job, and that was kind of the end of the all of the different directors that they had until Chris kind of came on, but yet yeah, I felt that do- um, Ghost Protocol was just phenomenal, and actually probably yeah. one of my favorite um, stunts, because that's one One of the things he's known for is his stunts. I mean, the fact that we kind of knew what what the big stunt, you know, because they've seen it all over the internet. Well, they
1: spoke about it so much beforehand. It's like this is the one where he's going to take a motorcycle off a cliff. Like you've even seen the behind the scenes of it before you get to go to the movies and watch. So going and seeing it in the cinema was more like the payoff For all of the bits you've watched beforehand, it's like, all right, here he goes. Let's see how that (laughs) turned out. Yeah. So, how would you rank this one compared to the others in terms of the stunts?
0: Oh well, I think that oh, it definitely for me it was amazing because it wasn't. They definitely leaned into the motorcycle stunt, but then you've got the train. That train scene is just insane. I mean, I was exhausted by Mm -hmm. the end, and it was just incredible how they were able to do it. And also, a lot of the practical effects, even though there Mm -hmm. had to be some CGI, they couldn't have been done at all uh, practically. But then it's it's that car chase scene in the little yellow fiat it, mm-hmm. hands down one of my the best scenes that they've they've done and able to film it's just phenomenal so uh, for me i mean it definitely the, i'm i'm right there with you i wouldn't put it at one of the best but it, mainly because you're kind of going Oh, I want more. It just mm-hmm. le- leaves you wanting. Yeah. yeah. That's what this film really does.
1: We can't totally describe all of the stunts, you. <laughs> we don't true. want like, to spoil it all. To, we don't want
0: to spoil it all. And you're
1: just going to have to watch it to experience them. But there's something in the choreography, I think, that stands mm. out. Like, how did you get people to move that way and then this way and then take it there? And I know that all sounds very vague. Right. But it, it, I think that's one of the things where you're seeing a scene put together in a really intelligent way And you can sit there and appreciate it because you know it's real. You can tell when there's the bits of realism and the bits that are more CGI. And then there's no doubt some movie magic in there. Like parts of it reminded me of of Inception. Totally. When Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like rotating around a room and you go, how did you make that work? I know. But there's something about that that is gripping as opposed to, uh, something that disconnects you because you're like, I don't know how you did
0: it. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 but I think the other thing that I, that really adds into this is that yes, it focuses on Ethan Hawke. I mean, Ethan Hawke, sorry, <laughs> Ethan Hunt. But really, it's because you love all the other characters too. Mm. And I think that that's what they really show in this story, as they've done throughout the years, is that it's not just Ethan. Yeah. It's not just Tom Cruise. He has a great team. You love them. You're invested in them. And if anything happens to them, you know, yeah. it's very, oh what? You can't do that. You know. Yeah. And so I think that that's one of the value, that they've really been able to kind of keep that emotional pull mm. um, throughout this whole franchise that's really made it work.
1: Yes, yeah, an, an ensemble. And we have to point out Haley Atwell because oh. she plays Grace in this. She's from Captain America. You've probably seen her in that. Mrs. Carter or Miss Carter. She's fantastic. Like I really, it was subtle and I don't know that anyone's really pointed this out, at least that I've seen, but she kind of steps into the female heroine role in part. I Mm. won't say too much. Yeah. But... She is conflicted in that. Like, it's not like she's super self-assured or... Like, she goes between moments of feeling like she can do it and moments where she feels like she can't. But I noticed she's never in heels or a gown. She literally, like, puts her hair up in a ponytail to run across a roof. Like, something so practical that you would think, of course you're going to do that. Like, you can't be in some James Bond gown while you're, like, doing all of this stuff. But in the context (laughs) of the way they normally do these movies, that practicality doesn't exist for the female character. Characters. So, mm-hmm. I really liked that they did that this time around where she was strong and beautiful and all the things, but also it's like, you're not going to be doing these stunts in heels. So, let her not do them in heels and yeah. make it a little bit realistic.
0: Oh, I mean, I think that they've do, done a great job of kind of honoring it all, but also even showing on the rest of his team. You look at kind of, if you want to call them the nerd factor, as mm-hmm. far as like the Simon Pegg and the Ving Rames, I mean, they're just sitting there, they're just sitting there, tapping on their computer, but yet they bring value. That It's a whole team, it's not just yeah. the guy jumping off the cliff. It's actually a guy who's going. No, you're going to keep going uphill. You're going to keep going uphill. When yeah. do I go downhill? You know, I mean, it is just really fantastic. So I think that uh, I, I think I really enjoyed this one. I, I thought that it was good. I'm looking forward to the next, and I'm glad that it's going to hopefully come next year and not like three years down the yeah. track because yeah. that I don't think that'll be would be as good. Also, because Tom Tom is getting older. I mean, he's getting this, he's in his sixties. But 61. he said he wants
1: to do this until he's eighty and be like Harrison Ford. Right. So. We've still got a lot of years left of him jumping off buildings, apparently. If,
0: if, if he, yeah, makes it through the next stunt. I yeah. mean, it's always like I'm going, oh, when's it going to happen? All of a sudden You're, we're going to get that call. No,
1: don't yeah. wish it. But no, we he's, don't. he's doing really well at this point. So.
0: Well, and that, that, that probably brings up one of the points because it's all over. I've seen all of this, especially now that this film has come out. He's made statements like that. We even talked about it last um, on the last watch list and talking about looking at Harrison Ford, 80 years old, still doing the action film we've kind of lost, we, there's not a lot of action heroes or action right. actors that are out there anymore. I mean, do you think that this is kind of an end of an era if we kind of see Tom in kind of his latter stages, which he's actually lifted. I mean, mm. he's actually improved in so many ways. Do you think that it's kind of the end of this era of the action hero?
1: Maybe. I don't <laughs> know. Like, there's a lot of people that say Tom Cruise is the last great action hero, and he's certainly one of the few people that's willing to put his life on the line to a degree for his craft. Like, of course there is a level of movie magic going on. Like they're not just doing these things entirely recklessly. Right. You know, there's there's harnesses, there's plans, there's all of the things that go into making sure this is as safe as it can be. But I don't know that there's a lot of people that risk it in the way that he does. But then it seems to be more about his passion for the art form of cinema and making sure it's still something that attracts people into theatres and that is enjoyable on the big screen. Like that was one of the things that really stood out to me from everything that he said at the premiere. This wasn't just about a shiny movie that's going to make a bunch of money, which, of course, it is in part. It's going this to. This was about a creative team bringing a creative vision to life, and for him it really came across just how much cinema matters to him. And, of course, it's his, life's, like, yeah. it's his life's work. That's how he makes a living, right? So he does have that personal investment, but there also seems to be a bigger thing for him about this particular art form and the possibilities of it. So he may be the last person to go as far as... He is willing to mm. for the craft, not to discount, no. you know, the many hardworking people within this industry, but that seems to be a standout thing for him, that he's just going to put everything on the line to make sure the movie is a success and that people have fun watching it.
0: Yeah, Oh, I mean, I, I see that because also, I mean, he really made the point of, no, I want you to see it on this big screen, you know, mm. this big screen that's here behind me. And I think that's the point is that they're made for that. It's made to be a, a shared experience mm. with all of these other people and do the oohs and the ahs and yeah. go, wow, you know, everybody's crying and laughing all at the same time. Mm. It's such a great experience. So he has kind of that overall, but even going back to the action hero, we've got a lot of aging ones. I mean, if you think about Arnold and Sylvester Stallone, they're in their 70s, you know, mm-hmm. you got Harrison. In his 80s. You've got even Keanu Reeves is 58, you know? And so, and Liam Neeson, 71. You know, so you're looking at all these ones and we're going, who's the next one? I mean, could you even predict? Could you even say
1: well your mind goes to Marvel heroes? (laughs) I you like when you think about it, it's like who are the who are the people running around on screen doing a lot physically? And I feel like that franchise, those franchises, any of the superhero ones, obviously have a lot of that, but then it's so housed in CGI, I think that's what the difference is. Even when we were talking about Indiana Jones last week and one of the things that annoyed me about that movie was the lack of real stuff within the movie. You could tell when a scene was, you know, there actually happening and when it was them creating it in a CGI environment. With Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise, so much of it is real. Like, yes, there's CGI and you can kind of tell, but I feel like it's probably one of the last things where it's real. So in terms of the next sort of action hero There may be ones that seem like they are based on the CGI effects around them, but whether there'll be people truly doing genuine stunts I don't know. I don't know who the next
0: group yeah. would be. Yeah, it, it'll be fascinating to see. Because, yeah, you do have the the Chris trifecta. You know, Chris Evans, yeah. Chris Pratt, and Chris Hemsworth. They Chris definitely kind of make it. Chris Pine. There. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, he's sort of an action hero, I guess. Yeah, he's, he's good looking. But I, I don't know. <laughs> is he's really an action, be an action yeah, hero. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, th- I think Tom Hardy, it'll be interesting to see yeah. who takes on the next mantle of James Bond. Um, mm. I think that one will be, because, like, the even the Tom Hiddlestons of, uh, and uh, but I think one that everybody kind of points to is either Dwayne the Rock John Johnson
1: Hmm.
0: or Ryan Reynolds. Well, and yeah,
1: and you've got like the Fast and Furious kind of...
0: Thing. Oh, we gotta bring. Oh, yeah. Up well,
1: <laughs> hey, Mission Impossible reminds me of it. The fact that they're up to seven—that is very right. fast, and of them. fast and furious. We're trying to catch fast and furious. And the the ridiculous. Okay, <laughs> you're going to try that on screen. That does kind of touch in. So we could count Jason Momoa and Vin Diesel mm, among them. Go. Brie yeah. Larson. Uh, yeah. In terms of Marvel. Oh yeah. We, we so, haven't even
0: talked about women. I mean, like the right? female ones. I mean, because yeah, even because Gal Gadot, she's got a new one coming out here pretty soon. Mm. I mean, even as Wonder Woman, I thought she was fantastic. So this
1: Certainly, there's a whole space for who the next action hero is yeah, going to be. Yeah, it'll be
0: really interesting. Well, before we move on to the Australian films, anything you would take away or you, what would you think would people be talking about after watching Mission Impossible mm. Dead Reckoning?
1: I honestly think the most valuable conversation is around our relationship with artificial intelligence yeah. and, and reality formation because... Artificial intelligence in so many different ways is kind of already here and there's obviously evolving applications for it too. But I thought one of the real things that this movie touched on was even how this this and this idea of the entity that they housed in a technology-based conversation, but then it also bled over a little bit into ideas of God and free will, like this this overarching presence that somehow could determine the choices we make, the places we're going to go, the situations we'll find ourselves in, like these predetermined crossroads almost, but then what agency do we have to make choice within that? That conversation was kind of there, but then also it kept coming up what chooses our reality, what defines our reality. Mm, if that's right. If, if we're listening to a voice that we don't know the origin of, but it is shaping what is around us from what we see online to, the again, the situations we're in. Like if there's this algorithm controlling how we take, you know, like maps for instance, right, like there's a moment in the movie where the communication's infiltrated and a situation happens where Ethan thinks he's getting directions from one voice but he's getting directions from another voice and, of course, literally changes the course that he ends up on. It was really interesting to me how they use that as a way to talk about what shapes our understandings of life and reality, our beliefs, what we think is true, and how there was no common sense of what truth is because people have their own ideas of truth based on what's shaping them. All of that stuff made this Mission Impossible a little bit deeper, a little bit more intellectual than some of them. But they balance it out with all of the stunts. So you don't feel like you're in this deep, heady experience oh, for a couple hours. it's entertaining as yeah. well.
0: It, it's definitely, they're cerebral. Because I think that one, I think where you kind of end up balancing it, because they really tried to show the entity as being the omnis, you know, omnipresent, omniscient, and omni, um, you know. Uh, yeah, omniscient. Yeah, come on, give me the three. I don't um, know omnipre- what the three uh, oh, oh, is. omnipresent and omniscient. All-knowing? And, then, and, all, and all, um, omnipotent as far there as all-powerful. <laughs> and so you're looking at the three, and so, but yet you fear it. While with God, actually, you don't have to fear it. And He is all those things. And so it, it really was fascinating kind of looking at that, because we, we fear that, fear that. But also even Gabriel, his messenger... You know, in the movie, he talks about you're you're moving into a world of lies, opposed to the world of the truth, which is actually we don't have to do that, especially with the Bible. So it's kind of an interesting one to be able to kind of look at, and I think it'll it'll get people thinking as well as being fully entertained in, yeah. in the way. So now we're going to move to the opposite end of the spectrum as far as smaller Australian films, but. Really good ones, at least the one I got to see. I'm looking forward to hearing about the one you get to see as far as Carmen. Do you enjoy Australian cinema? I mean, you grew up here in Australia and all that? It's a bit
1: mixed because there's really iconic ones. Like I think of the older ones like The Nugget, The Castle, more recently Red Dog. Then there's also the Australian kind of – horror is probably the wrong genre, but ones like um, Two Hands or those sorts of ones where – it's like we have a unique way of telling a gritty story in Australian cinema, and I really like that. And then I like Australian comedy, but then there's a whole bunch of different Australian movies that don't quite hit the way you want. Or right. I think of Kenny, right? I loved Kenny. <laughs> of course. Kenny's iconic, but I don't... We, we do them well when we do them, but we don't always release enough Right. In terms of those strong ones.
0: Well, we always hit above our weight. If you think about the size of country we are opposed to um, around the rest of the world as far as what they're doing. So uh, I do. I think Australian cinema tends to pull your heart out and throw it on the ground and oh, stomp yeah. on it a little bit. Um, and these films I don't think are too far out there. I'd be curious to see what Carmen is. But the first one we're going to talk about is The New Boy. The New Boy, which is actually Kate Blanchett's in this one. And so it's set in the 1940s. It's an Australian film. It's written and directed by Warwick Thornton, who did Samson and Delilah. Delilah, mm-hmm. which is one that really pulls your heart out. But this one is the new boy. It's about a nine-year-old Aboriginal um, orphan boy who arrives at a monastery, and he doesn't speak or anything like that, but seems to have kind of a spark about him. He really connects with the Cape Blanchett character, who's kind of this renegade nun. And But then all of a sudden, it's this transition where a crucifix shows up. It's this new crucifix shows up of Jesus, and the boy seems to really connect with the statue itself. Um, and it's this really fascinating story as it kind of looks at how he connects with this Jesus character, mm-hmm. but yet how also how that translates into his heritage as far as a First Nations boy. So I don't know, it's a fascinating one to kind of consider.
1: Did you feel like there was something in it that people will be particularly drawn to?
0: Yeah, I, it was was gorgeous. It's beautiful. I mean, he just beautifully filmed, and also um, the the young guy is uh, his Oswan Reed, who actually plays the little boy. Doesn't talk much at all, but you love him because he's just very engaging in in regards to that. But the thing I found that, uh, and I did benefit from the fact that Warwick was there on the night that we were able to hear what his interpretation of the film was, was the fact that it showed this expression of a love of Jesus that this little boy had. Um, but yet how in our our attempt sometimes in religion to kind of push away what is it that's identified as a first nations person that we lose sometimes why they love The person of Jesus, but yet also lose their identity sometimes because of that. And so he he really tried to show that it's um, it's very positive depiction of who Jesus was. But Mm. what we sometimes do in our cultures in trying to push down what it is that we identify as. So I thought it was beautiful, and we definitely give some great discussions to kind of so much that's going on in our culture today. It's
1: a big conversation to see where faith fits within different cultural groups. Yeah, that that intersection between cultural identity, and particularly with our First Nations people, there's so much spiritual, uh, there's so much of a, I guess, like a spiritual nature to their culture that, Connecting that to Christianity could be an interesting combination.
0: Oh well, and I think that that's what I love about cinema. Cinema, what we're able to do is we're able to bring in the visual and be able to show he, you know, show an actual physical spark that the boy had when he arrived. Mm. You know, as a spark of who he was and what he was on about. But that it didn't go away when he actually met the person of Jesus. It's just that when people started to kind of push down who he was mm. as a First Nations boy, all of a sudden he loses his spark, you know? And so it is it is a really amazing visual display. But I mm. think sometimes you have to kind of take some time to think and ponder all of this mm. and kind of consider what all that means for us in our expression of our faith. But then on top of it, what that means to those that are around us.
1: Do you think it was inspired by real events, real situations or uh, completely fictionalized?
0: I think it was pretty much fictionalized, but yet I think where it was what Warwick was saying in the interview was that he was saying that this is kind of an expression of what many people, many of the stories would be because he didn't Mm -hmm. wanna show that actually this faith position was wrong. Um, or that even what how they were living was wrong. It was just that sometimes when we bring those two together, that that's where the the mm. mix and the loss of things kind of happen.
1: Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, so oh, I'm, yeah. keen. Definitely I'm keen. I'm keen to check, to it, check it, out. <laughs> it out. That's a good one. And,
0: and, and, well, and just so you know, even though I didn't grow up here in Australia initially, but I, I've, I've actually enjoyed I mean, I've, I look back at like Gallipoli and the man from Snowy River even and Red Dog were some, some that I love. Also Mad Max. I mm-hmm. mean, the Mad Max series. I've always enjoyed that. You know, yeah. <laughs> even <laughs> with
1: Tom Hardy and Shelley's they're on.
0: Oh, that, that last one was phenomenal. I, I'm really curious to see kind of what the next one's going to end up being. I mean, mm. Mad Max has definitely had some ups and downs. I don't want to dishonor Tina Turner, but oh, my <laughs> word, what is Thunderdome? <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, we can kind of move on. But I, I I do like it, and I think that this film is worthwhile finding if you're able to find the new boy um, okay. when it comes out in cinemas. So now we're moving on to another one that this is – it is an Australian film. It was filmed here in Australia, right? I yeah. mean, Carmen is the... Carmen, can you tell me a little bit about Carmen?
1: Yeah, so this is kind of a, a very gritty story. In part, it's based on an old opera that... That that influences a little bit, but it's basically the story of this really young woman who ends up having to flee her home in the Mexican desert because her mum is murdered in a pretty oh, wow. confronting situation. And then after surviving that, she comes across a soldier by the name of Aiden, an ex-marine who has PTSD. He's kind of on his own journey. She's on her own journey. And then together they have to they get across um, a border in the into the US from Mexico into the US, a legal border cross they're being hunted essentially and the two of them kind of become each other's safe place I suppose as they each work out their different issues and then you see where that takes each of them but it's this interesting fusion because of the opera influence that's more displayed in kind of like the visual poetry is a way to maybe describe it. And some of the dance elements, there's no singing. Oh, there's uh, dance, ele- there's, there's dance there's, elements. There's dance elements There's dancing too. and there is, there is music, but it's not like operatic in okay. that sense. You're not, this isn't a sneaky musical is my point. Right. You're going in to see this story, but because of the Mexican heritage of Carmen's side of the family as well, that kind of plays into what they're trying to do with this story. Like who, how does who she is, as a Mexican play into her sense of place in the world the way that she relates to Aiden uh. and and the fact that that role of mother in her life is one that's been interrupted how that then affects her as well so is this I saw it as part of the Sydney Film Festival and I'm sitting there thinking why have they why have they chosen this movie? What is the thing they want right. you to take away from it? Because particularly with movies selected for the festival, there's always something that they're wanting to showcase or something that they're wanting to drive at. And I do think that thing of heritage, where how does where we come from shape who we are now and what we see is important, what we see is mm. possible the the her feminine identity as well is really impacted by that and that sense of physical movement and all of that kind of touches on that but then you've also got Paul Mescal in this playing come oh, and he's okay. he's definitely sort of star on the rise he's done some fantastic yeah. fantastic roles up till now so seeing him in something that's a bit different from maybe he's the next action hero it right could be. that's what they're doing with him that was pretty powerful too. Oh right.
0: So now, so does this story? Do you think that this one is is for kind of your mainstream audience? I mean, is it like is it like the Greatest Showman where all of a sudden everybody's gonna go, oh, this is a, this is a great film, or is it? more for those who are really into more of the art film stuff. This is of
1: thing. I would say more art film. Any okay. obviously anyone can watch it and you'll take something away from it, but I think it does sit within that niche storytelling space where you've got to be okay with watching something that's it's a little bit obscure in terms of how they decide to tell the story, the creative choices that they make and even the nature of the story. It's sure. not a particularly mainstream tale but it's a beautiful film there's sure. some there's some like difficult elements in there like it's because of the way they try to tell it there's these bits where you're going is this reality or is this a dream or is this her imagination or like what are you trying to communicate with how you've done this okay. so it is a little bit of a unique creative journey i will say that
0: all right so i mean what do you think people will be talking about after they come out of a film like that
1: definitely the dancing oh, really? and and watching <laughs> watching a soldier dance in the desert With, like, the beauty and contrast of all of that, that it'll maybe it wasn't meant to make you laugh, but it made me laugh. (laughs) And then I think, again, that that conversation of heritage, I think, will be a big thing. And also for people and how they relate to their mothers more Mm -hmm. so than... It's not really a fatherhood conversation. It's a motherhood conversation. I think it'll have a lot of people considering that. Like, what does it mean to be a mum and where do we find that sense of mother when we don't necessarily have a biological mum, an adopted parent that we can get that from.
0: Sure. Okay. So do you think would it would go on your watch list? Would you put it on the watch list as far as people going? I would see? put it
1: in the middle of the watch list. It's oh, okay. not going to be at the top. It's not going to be at the top. It's not at the bottom. It's a, if you want an interesting day out at the cinema... Right. Go see it.
0: Yeah, right, that's where I probably put the new boy too. As far, it's not for every audience. It's definitely, even though it has a boy in it, that doesn't necessarily make this for family. So yeah. I definitely say that that would be kind of more. It's more a mature audience. It's kind of set for. So it's perfect. So, but yet, Mission Impossible. Would you put that one? Put that one on the watch it's list. It's
1: just so much fun. Oh. It has. It has to be like I know it's the generic mainstream thing, of course, but it is a lot of fun if you genuinely just want to go to a movie and have a good night out, Yeah. just sit there going, I don't know how they did this. (laughs) That's just, it's great. It's great. You're going to think a little deeply like we said, but you're also just going to have so much fun and you're not going to have to like... Lose your connection to logic and physics in the same way that you have to with Fast and Furious. That's right.
0: That's true. Very. That's very true. <laughs> I, I <laughs> yeah. will definitely stress that. But I know I, I I love this. I thought that Mission Impossible definitely should be on everybody's watch list because uh, I think it's really one of those two. It really besides the action. I mean, it definitely has some confronting elements as far as the action, but it is definitely worthwhile people getting out to see and enjoying together. I think you can go out and enjoy it, especially from teens on up, and build and enjoy together as a family. Yeah, that's and if
1: you're fun. not gonna be in interested in Barbie when that comes out, go see Mission Impossible. <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. I think I think Mission Impossible is going to be probably one of the top movies of the year. I think it'll yeah, it, just because everybody will be able to enjoy it. Well, we've come to the end of another show. This has been fantastic. So uh, make sure that when you have the opportunity with the watch list to subscribe, uh, make sure you're subscribing. You can subscribe um, wherever you get your podcasts, but also on, uh, on YouTube. You'll be able to see our YouTube channel and also follow us on Hope 103.2. Then that is correct. Yep, and real dialogue online for all of our entertainment reviews and the like. And make sure you put your comments down. We'd love to hear what you think. Is Tom Cruise the last action hero? I mean, we'd also love to hear kind of what your thoughts are. Do you which of the Mission Impossible is your favorite? Do you have a favorite? I don't know. We we'll just kind of check that out because I definitely have mine. I think uh, Ghost Protocol seems to be on the top yes, of our list. Yes,
1: get the get the official
0: ranking. Yeah, yeah. Go go to the ranking. So definitely check them all out. And so I want to just make sure you encourage you to join us next time. We definitely want to look forward to spending time with you as so we. Grab some more popcorn, look at film through the lens of faith on The Watch List.